On this week's special investigative report brought to you by Sauce Town Stories, we go now to Sauce Town Police Informant, Kosh J. And now, a message to the listeners. This is a true story. The events depicted in this episode took place in Sauce Town, circa 2011. At the request of the survivors, the names have been changed. At the request of the fallen, has been told exactly as it occurred. And after that intro, uh, I am joined by a very special guest. This is going to be an awesome one. I've been trying to get this guy on forever. Um, he is an absolute Sauce Town icon. I mean, when you talk about Sauce Town history, uh, you've got to bring up this gentleman's name Uh, he's done a lot worn many different hats he's been uh, a golfer business owner a rancher done a lot of different stuff and i haven't talked to him in a while so very excited uh to introduce uh stormy alvis joining us on today's episode storm how's it going doing good man how you doing i'm i'm doing great thanks for making time for us hey no thanks for having me man i've been trying to get on you know in the busy schedules of life growing up you know we we have a hard time doing this stuff anymore, but I'm glad to be here, man. I know. We've been talking about having you on for a while, and this is going to be a good one. Just so you know, uh, before you hopped on a few minutes ago, I actually brought on a uh, a special uh, guest. He's actually been on another episode, but he recorded an intro for you. So I'm not going to tell you who it was, but you'll I think you'll enjoy that when you listen to the episode tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I got some thoughts in my head of who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you do. And, wh- and where are you joining us from today? So I'm down here in Modesto, California, man. Uh, I took a job down here a little while ago, uh, you know, about September um, for this family. You know, they own this uh, cattle ranch. You know, we're pushing about 1,400 head of mother cows. And uh, they're looking to hire a head cowboy. And so, you know, I applied for the job, um, came down for an interview. And, you know, now I'm down here kind of taking over this ranch. So. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. That's awesome, man. And we will uh, we will definitely dive into that because um, I do want to know what you're up to currently as well as we're going to cover a lot of other stuff. Um, but yeah. before we get to that, um, for our listeners, I mean, I, you know, I gave you a pretty big intro there. Most of the sauce knows you. Um, but tell us just for our listeners a little bit of an intro um, to who you are and your, uh, your kind of ties to the Salem area and when you moved here and stuff? Oh, well, you know, I graduated from South Salem High School 2011. Go Saxons. Uh, we, uh, you know, I played sports, played football. Yeah, I played football, golf. Um, you know, I touched in wrestling a little bit uh, in my younger years. Um, you know, uh, worked at Salem Golf Club for quite a while. You know, so I know a lot of the older Town members, a lot of the younger ones, you know, and you know, pretty much uh, grew up in, in Salem, uh, you know, from when I was in like seventh grade all the way through, you know, 2011 graduation class. And so, uh, you know, from top to bottom, you know, I've known pretty much everybody in the sauce, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I, I was going to get there and I'm glad you uh, kind of in- segued us to it. Um the time at SGC, where obviously we worked together. Who else was on that? So that roster, you and I. Gundy Guns, was there. Yeah. Gundy was there. Colby was there for a little bit. We had uh, Zach Defoe. 
we had Levi Morgan. Levi, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We had, well, Le- Levi, you might not have been there when Levi was because he graduated, you know, in own. He graduated when you graduated. So I know you were coming back for the summers and working for us. Yes, those were uh, those were good times. That was a cast of characters. I know I had uh, I had Zach uh, Defoe on, uh, gosh, m- months ago, but he's obviously in the um, acting business. And there were uh, we were talking about like somebody has to write a screenplay to that oh. summer. There's just so many stories. I've got on the phone with Zach a few times, and we've uh, every time we we talk, it's like, yo, when are we putting the script together to remake SEC Cap City? Because <laughs> Cap City was always the most wild time to work. <laughs> the biggest Bro, I, shit show. I, I don't think I ever made it to Cap City because I think it was always – because I – like you said, I worked there when I was coming back from college. And I think Cap City was like always right after I went back to school. But I – do you have – while we're on it, do you have any like legendary stories, specific stories from Cap City? Uh from Cap City or just from like, I got, I got some stories with me and you were working together. <laughs> Take it wherever you want to go, Storm. All right, all right, all right. So do you remember when we we used to fucking, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll try to not cuss. Um, when we, uh, we'd have to wash the carts, right? And so <laughs> I'd like, I was like the young kid, like I was like, hey man, make sure you scrub the carts, Matt. And you'd look at me and you're like, I'm not listening to Van Lue or anybody. I'm putting these carts away going home. Where's my where's my club sandwich at? <laughs> Man, it was is... so so reckless. Men's club. Those were like men's club nights when all the carts would come in at once. <laughs> oh, and those guys would like they would just park them. Like, they like crash the, them. They just yeah, they just come rolling in, probably off a decent number of beers, and usually like wait because I think the course was supposed to close at around nine, but they oh, would yeah, just but... consistently roll in at like ten, and we'd be pissed. Like, oh my god, we have to hang out here. Oh, for like another. We'd get, we'd get caught on like the next day. We'd have to come back in, both of us, the next morning, and have to run it again with for the women's club. <laughs> it's kind of funny uh, in hindsight. Like Van Lu never uh, fired us, but I guess that's what happens when you're friends with Josh, whose family owns the course. I guess that helps. Uh, yeah, you're friends with Josh. Um, Van Lu was also our football coach, so I don't think he was gonna fire. <laughs> By any means, um, and so yeah, Van Lu, uh, that was that was a character. That guy definitely checked out of life for like two, three years, kicking it at the golf course. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> didn't uh, wasn't there? Didn't Gundy like crash a golf cart or something too? Uh, I don't know. I think Colby drove one into the lake during Cassidy's <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was something along those lines. But uh, I know. Uh, do you remember the time when we all got called into the office because someone left the cart door open, and someone, not naming any names, went on a parade out in the golf course that, weekend, that night. I do, I do remember that, and we are not going to name names, but I absolutely <laughs> remember that one. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just know that. Whoever, whatever happened that night, they were definitely trying to fire us for that. <laughs> yeah, we can neither confirm nor deny any events that may have occurred that night. No, no, I, I have no idea. I, I was not a part of it. <laughs> but any means. <laughs> me, me not, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes, many good times at SGC. That's, that's an iconic uh, 
sauce town spot for sure but oh, yeah. uh an- another iconic sauce town moment or a sta- sauce town story if you will since that's what the podcast is called i think you know where i'm going with this one uh i think i believe it was I, i'm 90 percent sure it was k's 21st birthday yep. at uh nick roten's uh fabled uh farm property <laughs> they used to throw some some bangers down there oh yeah I'm just gonna pass. Exactly pass going. I'm just gonna pass the torch to you right now, Storm. What, what? Just tell us what happened that night. Oh well, let's open it up from the very beginning. Okay. So we're we we call Nick up. We're like, hey man, we're gonna throw a rager. So we start packing in speakers. We start packing in booze all day long. Okay. And you know, earlier that day, we decided to take a drive down by the river and check things out. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, you know, as the night went on and things got a little wild, we decided to try to cross the Willamette River in the good old blue pickup. <laughs> so for, re- for reference for everyone, the property is down like right off River Road and connects out to the Willamette River. Yeah. So you could just drive right down in there. And it started out pretty, pretty good. You know, we got under the water. We turned down the side. And we were just cruising, but it got to got to remember this is like, this was actually like summertime, but this was like those years that we got a lot of um, a lot of snow, so like that river was pretty freaking high like in July at that time, and so anyway we turned down to come up, and, and Burgess is in the car with pickup with me, <laughs> <laughs> and if you look there was there was photos out for a while, if you look in the back of the photos. That was when we were big into making the beer staffs. <laughs> <laughs> so you just see the beer staff hanging out the back of the pick. <laughs> and then there's the water just totally the side of it the whole time. Anyway, uh, yeah. So then Joey comes down in the Jeep trying to pull me out, but we didn't have any chains. So we get down there and I'm like, Joey, just tie some jumper cables up. We tied some jumper cables up. <laughs> Instantly, just those broke, dude. I swear, <laughs> was it wasn't that Jake with Nell that did that? Uh, well, no, Jake was Jake was the one that ended up coming down with the toe strap. Jake saved the day. Okay, Jake. Oh, well, yeah, with Nell saved the day for sure. Okay, that's so that yeah, that's one part of the story. So okay, for let, let's backtrack a little bit. Like, okay. was was the idea in the beginning like you thought? Like there's oh, a legitimate the possibility I'm, that I'm going to cross the river. No, no, no. Well, I mean, at the time, you know, <laughs> and like, I mean, all honesty, who knows what was going to happen? Like, <laughs> like, like we've been partying quite a bit that day. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we, but when I rolled up there that night, we part, I, I had my pickup parked. So that way, like I, I blocked it. So no one could go down to the river. I was like, oh, this is going to be a dangerous thing. It's like if someone goes down here and starts trying to do anything like that. But I just set myself up for because I was like, I'm going down there. <laughs> the exact guy who was trying to prevent others from doing anything was actually the guy who ended up doing something. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> and so not only that, so like we get like get the whole crowd riled up before we go, right? We're like, we're going to cross the river. Ah! Someone jumps off the top of the RV. And this like face plants into the like into the dirt. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and then everyone just like everyone jumps like, be, like not jumps in the pickup, but like kind of rallies behind it. And we just take off, gun it. First thing I hit is I hit a tree. <laughs> but it did <laughs> break the mirror off the side of the pickup. 
it got off to an ominous start. Oh, so then, yeah, just right off the bat, Burgess is like, what the fuck? You know, because he's in the passenger seat. So anyways, like I said, we get down to the river, and I'm like, everyone's just, everyone's booking it down there on foot. And like I said, we pull out into it, then we turn right, and we start going down the Willamette. Like, I was like, oh, it's rock. We're just going to drive down it. Now, mind you not, I have Burgess's dad's tires in the back of my pickup at the time. His rims and tires. We, I don't know why, but I have them in the back. And so, like, we turn down. And, like, we're going down fine. But as soon as I try to turn up and, like, come out of the water, like, the whole water just, like, lifted my pickup up and pushed me sideways. And I just buried it instantly. And that's when the whole save the, save the hoe came through. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Like I said, Joey came down. Joey was sketched because he was in his dad's Jeep. <laughs> and that's when Jake comes down. Because me and Jake had the old pickups at the time. So me and Jake were always just like, fuck these things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he definitely came and pulled me out and saved the day. We yeah, pulled so- the back up there. And the whole party just goes back to party like it never even happened. It was just like, we're back at it. <laughs> yeah, so 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 for our listeners, because you, you you might be listening to this and kind of like double checking your ears, as to, you are hearing this correctly. So the pickup with Storm behind the wheel took off into the into the Willamette River. Then probably the most underrated part of this story that maybe doesn't get discussed enough is that Joey Plachek then tries to pull it from the river with jumper cables which as anyone can predict probably how that plays out they snapped immediately um but then thankfully jake with nell who i mean you know his his uh his, sauce town uh, legend yeah sauce town legend i mean cars and and, and things like that running his blood obviously with nell dodge he's the the logical guy here who actually um finally gets the, gets the pickup out of the willamette river Oh, but the best part about the story isn't even done yet. So the next day, we have summer weight training at the time. This is going into our senior year. I roll in, no power steering in the pickup. Fat <laughs> dude in the side of it. Me and Burgess, because Burgess was supposed to start for us that year. I roll in. First thing, first thing Scott DeFell goes, he goes, so I heard you went swimming last night. <laughs> <laughs> the story just moved that quickly. I was dying. I was dying. I was like, we definitely had to run a lot. And I definitely threw up that day, but. <laughs> Shout out to Coach Defoe. He came on a, a few episodes ago. And then that speaks to how cool Coach Defoe was that he was, even in the moment, just kind of cracked a joke about it and uh, and and, oh. and moved, moved on. I mean, we, de- we, yeah, we definitely, you know, had to work out a little harder that day. But, <laughs> but still, it was all funny games, you know. No one got hurt. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody got out of it unscathed. These things, uh, these things happen. So, um, yeah. Storm, thank you for having some fun there with us and, share, and sharing that story. Um, cause that's one I probably talk about more than just about anything. I mean, there's a few, you know, close seconds maybe, but that one is, is up there. Um, okay. So let's move forward a little bit. Uh, you graduate from South where you play golf and, um, do some wrestling and then you make the decision to go all the way over to the islands and you would, and you uh, attend Hawaii Pacific. Was that yeah. like, was, was there just, had you been to Hawaii before and just knew you loved it or was there, what, what, what led to that decision? Well, so my, one of my buddies, I don't know, and you probably have heard of him and been around him a few times, Andy Rodby. Uh, Sounds familiar. 
he's out of Redmond actually. Um, but so we all played golf together, you know, and so he was a year above me. Um, and he went out to Hawaii Pacific to play. And so I was actually planning on going out out there and, and walking onto the golf team out there and, uh, you know, kind of going that route, but, uh, I got, I got an academic scholarship and all that. And so, you know, they're paying for a little bit of my school. And so, uh, but I went out to Hawaii Pacific university. So it was a business private school, um, international business private school. And, uh, you know, I studied business economics out there for four years and, uh, yeah, I just kind of went out there and partied, uh, you know, I picked up surfing, uh, <laughs> almost drowned a couple of times. <laughs> uh, yeah, those waves are no joke out there. Those aren't exactly like starter waves out there. No, and you know me, bro. Just send it all the way, all the time. Like I got it. And there was a there was a couple like really really big like days that like like John John Florence days in a sense. And I was like, oh, I'm paddling out. Like let's go, guys. And uh, like, dude, I got held down for like sixty seconds, like underwater, like, oh my. like buried deep. Yeah, you definitely, I definitely came back up and got held down again. Like, and I was like, it was kind of a shell shocking like moment. Like, I definitely kind of probably changed my life a little bit. But <laughs> oh, I bet that would be that would be terrifying. Yeah. Did you uh, so in your time because you were there four years. I mean, so I always hear from people that have lived in Hawaii. Generally, it's either they love it or they get over there and they get a little bit of like island fever. They call it, you know, where you're kind of feel secluded and stuff. Did you ever? feel like that in miss oregon or miss being on the continental states or you, did you just love it the whole time I, I loved it a lot man um so like me and you know how you are when you're in college you know you get a bunch of like like-minded guys around you like a bunch of your friends and stuff and so we all actually got a house together so we had like a three-story house out there and well uh, we all we, we all worked in the industry so we all worked at yard house and oh so, yeah you know what i mean like we kind of all had a bunch of industry money we were just, you know, going to school and, you know, colleges, man, you got two classes a day. You weren't really doing a whole lot. And so we, we just literally like, we had a couple vans, you know, we just literally were like surf bums that, that worked at, like that worked at yard. I was like, going to college. Like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't something like, uh, I was that worried about because I was also traveling home. So I'd come home for the holidays and then I would, you know, I'd come up to Portland, come up to Portland for like three or four days and just party up there. Uh, you know, I'd go to Vegas. I got, we would just go do trips all the time anyways. And we hopped the islands a lot and stuff like that. It's, it's really kind of what you make it. Like if you're kind of like a homebody and like, you're not like an adventurous, like kind of go with the flow or like go like find something to do, you know, you're probably going to feel like Island fever. You're going to kind of feel like you're like, I don't know, but like, I never felt. I never felt any type of way. Like I was just living life and having as much fun as possible, you know, cause you know, at some point in time when you're in a place like that, like you're constantly on vacation. So you kind of know it's going to end at some point. So like you might as well just go out and have as much fun as you possibly can. Right. I, I kind of figured that would be your answer. Cause I know you're an outgoing dude. And then obviously being in college, you have that crew that, you know, it's uh you're not exactly, you don't have a shortage of things to do if you have a, uh, you know, an outgoing mindset, I guess. Oh, and like, like I said, we were all like, so my, one of my roommates, he was a big, uh, big time bodyboarder. And then like those guys. So like, like I lived with them for like two, three years and they were always, always partying. You know, we, we ended up making friends with the University of Hawaii's dive team. 
So all the ch- all the diet team chicks were coming over all the time. And, <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a party, man. Like it it was the biggest party. And you know, being a young kid, because uh, I was like a lot of it. Like, you know, I wasn't twenty one until July of like twenty fourteen or something like that. You know, it's so my third year there, going into my fourth year. Uh, I wasn't twenty one yet, but I was in the industry, so all the bartenders and everybody knew me. So I was always able to go out and party and stuff when I was younger. And yeah, that made a big difference too. I'd say, I would say if like, if I was telling anybody, but like just like on any vacation or anything, like if you're not like, you know, able to go out and party and have a good time, like you probably really shouldn't go to a place like Hawaii or go, you know, like don't, like don't go waste your time, you know? Yeah. Like, your, your attitude, uh, your attitude kind of determines everything. Okay. So you, then you're out there for four years um, you come back, finish up your education at Oregon Tech, um, yeah. which is great. But I also really want to ask you about, you actually start your own livestock business there. And I remember seeing it like on just Instagram and things like that. And I was like, does yep. Storm have any background in this? Or like, how did, just tell us the story. How did that, how did that come right. out? So, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you like the, the top down. So I came back from Hawaii Pacific. Um, you know, there was some family stuff going on, like back here in Klamath Falls. Um, and so I had to be back here close to the family to kind of help uh, some situations out with that. Um, and, you know, finished my degree. But while I was finishing my degree, I, uh, I what I did is I went and bought some fucking cows. <laughs> what I, did. I went out and bought, uh, you know, just a handful of cows and, you know, started playing around with them for a little while. Um, you know, I bought a couple horses, uh, kind of started playing around with them. Uh, and you know, I had, I had family that was in the business, you know? Um, and a lot of times during the summer times, uh, now this would have been before high school. Cause you know, like in high school, we got the football and stuff all summer long. So it wouldn't have been during that time. It'd have been like when I was younger, like middle school age and stuff, I would come down, uh, to Klamath. And I would just ride horses and, you know, go work on the farm and, and just kind of, you know, just go do, you know, country shit, really. And uh, so I, it, it's always been, like, in my blood. Uh, you know, my grandpa, he used to own one of the biggest outfits uh, in, like, the northern, southern, or, like, northern California, southern Oregon area. Um, and that actually was bought up by Plant Science. And they bought a lot of his ground. Obviously, they, Plant Science is way bigger now. And they've added a lot to it and stuff like that. But really, all of the guys that have been, uh, you know, around me in my life growing up, like from like this side of the family, like they're in the industry, whether it's horse training, whether it's raining, raising cows, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them are, uh, you know, mechanicing and they're like big, uh, big truck drivers now and stuff like that. Um, so I got, got the opportunity to buy some cows. So I bought them, um, you know, a lot of my buddies uh, down here you know, they were running cows for guys and, uh, I was day working for them and, and doing different things. And then, uh, I got an opportunity to work for this guy as well. So he, we were running about 300 head of mother cows and, uh, we were putting up about, you know, five, 600 acres of, a- of hay ground, uh, maybe about a thousand acres of hay ground. Um, and so what was supposed to happen was it was going to be a one, two punch. It was going to be, uh, his son who was a year older than I was. And me, we're going to take over, and I was going to run the cow side of things, and he was going to run uh, the hay side of things, and we were going to help each other out, vice versa. Well, funny enough, his son 
said, the hell with all of this. And he actually went to and bought a house on Big Island. And he just left. And so I stayed around, uh, stayed around that guy, uh, this guy's ranch. Uh, his name's Frank. Stayed around his ranch for about, oh, I worked there for about five years, you know. Um, and I developed my own cows at that time. So I was, when I left there, I was running, like I owned, you know, 50 head of my own cows. Um, and I was, uh, you know, doing a lot of stuff with the horses. Then I'll bring the horses back in here in a second. But anyway, um, so it got to a point, you know, where I was like, it's time for me to like use my degree. It's time for me to kind of go bigger. Uh, than what's going on here, you know, cause I wasn't making a whole lot of money. Like I was building my assets, but I wasn't kind of going the route that I really, like I, I was doing well, but I had a lot of irons in the fire. So, um, I ended up, uh, helping him out this last year. Uh, we had, uh, in Klamath Falls and I don't know if it's the same up in, uh, Salem area. Uh, but we had a big drought this last year. And so we actually, uh, you know, got shut down with the farming, Oh, about July, you know, we normally farm into like September, October. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we started, we didn't get any water. It's called the KID water project. And so we didn't get any water uh, from the KID water project. And so all of our water had to come from all the farm water had to come from wells. Um, And so, you know, those wells, like they just couldn't sustain everybody's farm because people were buying water twice. It was, it was just a whole big mess and uh, it's still going to be a big mess this next year. So uh, I kind of, like I said, I got the opportunity. I applied for, I started applying for jobs. And so I started putting my resume out there and, uh, literally every place I put my resume into, they like, they, they called me back within, you know, a day. They were like, I, I had so many interviews lined up that I was like, started turning down interviews because I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't think it was like that. You know, you apply for jobs and it's just, hopefully we get in, you know, it was kind of the opposite. So I started, I had the opportunity to kind of pick. You know, so um, I had I had a couple guys wanting me to go out to Nevada. Uh, I had a couple. I had one guy wanting me to go up to like uh, Northern Oregon, like Pendleton area. Uh, one guy uh, in the Washington area. Anyways, um, and then I had the guys the guys down here. Um, and this is a this is actually the Gallows family. So I don't know you know Gallo Winery. I I don't. I don't think I'm familiar. So they're the seventh biggest wine distributors in America. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're like, I think from what I'm told, they're like the 23rd wealthiest family in America as well. Or like something like that. 34th or something. You got to, you have to fact check me on that. I, I forget now, but it's, you know, it's obviously like if you're even in that discussion, we, it's like, we don't yeah. fact check on this show. We just, we just make stuff up and roll with it. Just go with the flow. Yeah. Say whatever you want. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I came down here, shook hands with those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, actually it wasn't really even an interview. It was, uh, I was sitting with the two brothers and it turned into kind of a war and like, I was like in the war, but I was kind of like, like mediating it as well. And so anyways, um, I called them back a week later and I was like, kind of told them about my plan that I wanted to implement. And they're like, yeah, like you're pretty well getting the job. So don't worry about it. We'll call you here with your package in like a couple more days and yeah they sent me my package over and you know like for for a cowboy you know i'm not even trying to toot my own horn or anything but like you know full benefits you know retirement the whole nine yards you know everything down to 
my dog's food's paid for. So it's like, I, I just, I just live and do what I want to do, you know, live the journey. Yeah. That sounds like a, uh, a great family to be working for. I was going to ask you, I, I'm not a like loyal, uh, watcher of this show um but i feel like i have to bring it up i watched one season of it and it seemed it was fine but everyone seems like they're obsessed with it yellowstone do you watch yellowstone or you are you like oh you're one of those people like oh that's not how it actually is i watched the first three seasons of yellowstone and like i watched the end of season three and it was like it was badass right don't get me wrong but then the whole like stereotype and like like Oh, we're all Yellowstone. We're all cowboys. We want to be cowboy now and stuff like that. It kind of turned me off of it, you know, because now it's like, and like wherever I go, especially being in like Modesto area, it's like, oh, Yellowstone. It's like, yeah, guys. Like, and then like everyone tries to reference Yellowstone to me, and I'm kind of like, yo, like I just did. (laughs) Not even like (laughs) you didn't reference it, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's like. All right, like I right, like, like everyone, everybody, everybody like, wants to. It's like, everybody no, wants yeah. to imagine they're a cowboy now, or like relate everything to some something they saw in Yellowstone. Yeah, pretty much. And it's yeah, like it's, I, not, I it's that... not even annoying. It's just kind of like yeah, what it, like because like we're like I mean, here's the thing: is like cowboying is like it's just a way of life. You know what I mean? And I, I would say like there's like there's millions of millions of other people that are way more cowboy than me. And like they're not gonna, they're not gonna walk out here and tell you they're a cowboy. They're not gonna sit here like they're not wearing a cowboy hat to wear a cowboy hat on Monday. You know, right. like these guys, they have their hat and like the truest, the truest cowboy. They know an old boy. Uh, he's actually one of my one of my good buddies' dads. Um, and like literally, this guy only wears that hat day in, day out, non nonstop, sips whiskey only can rope, can train the best of the best horses in the world, has won in Reno, has won in Vegas. You know what I mean? Has, has, has the the backup to do it all. And, yeah, when you watch this guy walk into a room, you'll be like, that's a fucking cowboy. Yeah. But you're not going to ever hear this guy sit down at a table with anybody and be like, hey, by the way, I'm a cowboy, and I'm going to let you know about it. It's like, you know, get these guys don't get it. This is just how these guys have lived their lives. Yeah, he doesn't need to uh doesn't need to like flex about it. It's just like it's all he knows. It's not yeah. trying to portray something. No, um, but like you like you if you're like if you're like a young guy like me or like like my buddies or anything like that, like you like we go into like it's called branding pins. So you will go into like branding and, and doing stuff like that, and he'll go in there like on his like badass stud horse or something, and like we'll all stand back with our jaws dropped like that's a fucking cowboy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like exactly. we know, like we know who a cowboy is because this is what we do every day. You know what I mean? And there's different things like, like yeah, I can rope cows. I can like. So I'll go back into it. We're getting off subject for a little bit. So while I was doing all of that cow stuff for that guy Frank, right? I started uh, my own livestock business. Like I said, I raised my own cows and everything. Uh, but I was raising them alongside my boss at the t- at the time. But I also started my own horse boarding facility. So I went out, rented out, uh, you know, this 15-acre property. It had an indoor and outdoor arena. Uh, had an indoor barn, uh, you know, and then had, you know, like I said, 12 acres. So uh, it had about 10 acres of it was like pasture and stuff. And so I uh, rented out uh, stalls. I trained horses. I, you know, did everything from top to bottom. Built my, my own ranch horse herd up. Uh, to be able to to go because I knew in the future like this wasn't going to be this this wasn't 
going to be good. Like, I wasn't going to be content with this. I was like, oh, let's continue building because, you know, you have to have when you come out into these big ranches and stuff, you need to have four or five horses because, you know, they're just like us. Like if I work you out hard every single day, I make you go play a football game every day, you know, by game five, you're going to be just completely toast, you know. So you have to you have to have a bunch of horses lined up and, and ready to work. And so, you know, we I put my dues in to kind of get to this spot. You know, it wasn't just something that happens overnight. It was, you know, like I was up a lot of times when I uh, when I was still in college. I'd be up till because I had an indoor arena. I'd be up till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, riding circles, working my horses out, going and going and going and going and grinding to get to, you know, that next level. And that's kind of what it takes with anything you do, you know. And exactly putting those hours in. So yeah. you know, it's, it's, everyone sees the fun. You know, I get on my social media and stuff. Everyone sees the fun of going out and like getting roped cows and stuff like that. But they didn't see the the three or four hours five, six hours, you know, different points in time of the circles and riding. And these guys would be sweaty. I would be sweaty. We'd be covered in dust, you know, and, and we would do this day in, day out, day in, day out. And then like, you know, we're now on the point of like, we're like, we're showing what we're like, what the skills that we put in to it. And everyone, like I said, like, I like the skills I've developed is not something that you just actually can like the average person, like you could Matt. But like the average person isn't just going to show up, start riding horses, and and start roping cows. Like it's just not going to happen. Exactly. Like I, I, <laughs> I storm. Guys, I looked at guys. We have a guy here that's uh, he's been working here for fourteen years. Uh, you know, riding horses and doing all this stuff, and he can't even. He still can't even rope. So. Well, yeah. storm. We have covered a lot today. I'm glad we got to. Um, you know, we talked about like some funny kind of. Uh, semi dumb stuff from back in the day but then we also got into all the the stuff that you're you're doing um great and you're doing really well so it was fun to cover to kind of hit both sides of the coin there um as always i'm gonna let you go because it's it's uh getting late um but as i do with all of our other guests um at the end of the show do you have any final shout outs uh to either people causes anything really the floor is yours if you want to uh shout anybody or anything out uh, before we let you go well there's two shout outs that i gotta give i gotta give a shout out to the dirt bags and you guys all know who you are because you guys are for sure the ones that are listening to this <laughs> <laughs> and i gotta give a shout out to my other boys the fucking shang homies because those guys are awesome too and i fucking love them and i haven't talked to them in a long time so i fucking miss all of you guys you know, just grind down out here, grinding, living life. But uh, you know, we'll be we'll be back in Oregon sometime, and uh, we'll get together with everybody again. So, all right, Storm. Well, this has been a blast. Uh, thank you once again for coming on and, and and sharing with us, and have a great rest of your evening. All right, later, buddy.